welcome to this week six edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, also checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the, for some reason, only number 27 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. Oh, I was going to say, shockingly, still 27 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. You can now hear our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. It was um, technically a victorious game we played this weekend, the Bearcats, but it was not pretty to watch. Oh, the first half was glorious. The first half was wonderful. The second half, I think we got six first downs, maybe. If we got that, four of them must have been at the last part of the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our Bearcats improved a three and one with a 45 to 24 whooping of the previously undefeated Indiana Hoosiers, although you would not have guessed that from hearing our initial talk there. The Bearcats had a lovely 38-10 to 10 lead at halftime, and then the offense took the second half off. Would that they describe sure did. It? Yeah. <laughs> I had a previous commitment early in the game, but I swung by a watch party for the second half. Boy, that was, <laughs> that was a time watching all the Cincinnati fans get stressed out like we normally do. We had a theory that the quarterback was maybe a little bit injured and they weren't subbing in any of our other good quarterbacks to replace him. Yes, it made me wonder. It looked like the quarterback may have been injured. And since they were looking to run clock and do a bunch of running, the fact that they left in the injured quarterback who can't run instead of putting in the healthy guy who can didn't seem to make a lot of sense. (laughs) And again, I do not make multiple millions of dollars coaching college football, so. Don't listen to me. Next up to get their whooping this week, (laughs) two and two Tulsa in Tulsa, Oklahoma for a Minster Oktoberfest weekend special. And if you heard our intro music, you would know that this is Oktoberfest week. It sure is. That means everything gets really rushed around here as I try to get everything done early this week and get some of next week's stuff done before Friday rolls around. I may or may not succeed. I don't know. (laughs) By the way, back to the college sports world. For those of you who enjoy your Ohio college sports, we have to note the uh, unfortunate passing of uh, Mr. Kerm Stroh this week. Oh, no, really? Yes. Um, If you drive up and down I-75 or go by Bowling Green University and see the Stroh Center where they play their basketball and volleyball games, that is named for Mr. Stroh. We're not much of Bowling Green people, are we, Rebecca? They've got a good ice rink. They do have a very nice ice rink. We know Kerm from seeing him at church, where I would talk to him quite often, usually for just a few minutes at a time. But see if you would agree with this, Rebecca. I always thought he's kind of the coolest old dude that I knew. (laughs) (laughs) He was fun to talk to, that's for sure. All you Bowling Green fans out there, it's a sad day, but unfortunately these things happen and we have to move on, right? I mean, he lived a a good long life. What was he, like 90-something? I believe he was 89. Mm. And he did seem to enjoy his life, that's for sure. Oh, by the way, I wanted to also thank one of our our followers on Twitter. I don't know the person's name because, you know, it's on Twitter and the names don't always (laughs) match up. But thank you for informing me that it is pronounced Marion L. Jin, not L. Gin. We irritated our fan base enough that they corrected us. Yes, we will note that from now on in case Marion Elgin comes up. I don't think they do this week, actually. Oh, but I'm sure they will again, and we'll get it right. 
or we'll search up the tweet to figure out which way we need to say it again. Speaking of Twitter, we had our scores of the week Twitter poll this week. Nine <laughs> you got me you back voted. to Twitter to tweet for that poll. Nine of you voted. I was not one of them because I don't think I can vote in my own poll, or if I can, I don't know how. Did you vote, Rebecca? I did. So that means eight other people voted. We had zero votes for the Huffman family singers. <laughs> oh, no. We had two votes for Rebecca singing and seven for the strange computer simulation song. Hey, the people, my people have spoken. So for a while now, that's what you will be hearing. In fact, why don't we cue it up right now? Right now. And now it's time for our scores of the week, as you just heard. The first one I'm going to start with is from Friday night. Findlay 50, Fremont Ross 48. Ooh, tight one. And what especially made it interesting is there were three touchdowns scored in the final 47 seconds of the game. (laughs) I did not see the first two, but I did see the video of the walk-off kickoff return for the winning touchdown. Quite exciting. Only one lateral needed on that play, unlike some of those (laughs) final kickoff returns that you see in football. Yeah, it starts looking more like a game of ping pong than football in those last plays. For our second score, we're going to the world of eight-man football. Holgate 30, the Tri-State Kings Crusaders 25. And this is revenge for Holgate. They lost 42-20 to to the Kings Crusaders in the season opener. Good game for Holgate, and it really, as we'll see later, tightened up the eight-man football standings. Mm. So it's not the score itself that's impressive, but rather the um, influence it has on the rest of the leaderboard. Correct. And it's always good to see someone get a win when they lost to someone earlier. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, it's your team that won the first game, and it's not so much fun. <laughs> well, my third score, I'm going to turn over to Central Ohio. Dublin Kaufman, 14. Olentangy Liberty, nine. A nice win for Coach Garen Stokes, who's been on the show on a couple of occasions. And it's a game where his four and two Kaufman team were 12 point underdogs. So a very nice mm-hmm. victory. Yeah. And finally, I found one in college football. <laughs> okay. Most of you have heard of the mighty Appalachian State football team. They upset Michigan many years ago and have been famous ever since. This year, they beat six-ranked Texas A&M earlier. Mm. In this game, however, they lost 32-28 to to James Madison. Huh. So using the transitive law of college football, I guess we could expect that James Madison would really whoop up on Texas A&M, right? Yet, I seem to remember one of the many interviews we've done with college, not college, uh, football coaches over the years saying the transitive law does not apply to football. Yeah, it's not even a very good theory, apparently. No. I mean, to some extent, if someone beats you by a lot, then and you beat someone else by a lot, maybe, maybe. But, like, close victory is definitely not a logical path to follow. By the way, for those of you who missed this Sunbelt Classic game, 
James Madison scored 22 unanswered points in the second half for that win. By the way, that was the nightmare I was waiting for with the UC game. I was watching us not move the ball, and I'm just like, well, Indiana can do whatever they want, and they might just beat us still. Well, you've been properly brought up as a Cincinnati fan to have just that hint of negativism in your psyche that you dream of. the amount of doubt. (laughs) History has proven you can never be comfortable with a Cincinnati team. Oh, that is so true. Even when you think they're out for the season and you can just be comfortable and maybe they'll lose everything. They go ahead and win some random game and suddenly you're invested again. It tends to come up with the Bengals and the Reds also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall a college basketball tournament game a few years ago. Cincinnati was playing Nevada, if I remember right. My ESPN app said Cincinnati had a 99.9% chance of winning at halftime. You know what's the worst thing? I was at that game. (laughs) That was my one NCAA tournament trip with the band. And if we won, we were going to go on to a second weekend, which we have like never done. (laughs) Nevada went and beat us anyway. (laughs) And And we had to stick around and watch the Xavier team play their game when we just wanted to go home. And just as a bonus, pretty much every good, every other good team in that bracket lost early there, so it would have been a wide-open run to the Final Four. We were all doing the stats in our head after we beat that first game. Like, we just get past Nevada, and we're, we're golden. We're going to have band trips for three weeks. No. <laughs> Such is life as a Cincinnati Bearcats fan. <laughs> On the bright side, that was in Nashville. And the NCAA tournament put us up in the um, Gaylord Opryland Hotel, which is like the biggest, most over-the-top resort hotel in the area, in like the 400-mile radius area. I've seen pictures. It looks like a -a 300-a-night type hotel. It was beautiful. (laughs) All right. This being week six of the season, we only have four weeks left. This may be the week we mention more teams than any other of the whole season. Right now, a whole lot of teams are still in contention. We can figure out what they have to do to make the playoffs. And they're going to start dropping off in the next couple of weeks. Not all of them, just a few, you know. (laughs) So buckle your seatbelts. We have a lot of teams to mention here, okay? All right, ready to go. Division two, let's, let's book it. Let's book it. I would be worried if you had a seatbelt on that chair. Maybe when I'm a little older. (laughs) You attach your motorized uh, bicycle engine to the chair so you can zoom around the house. Oh, I like that thought already. (laughs) Division two, region eight. We're going to start with number five, Piqua, and number six, Troy. They both get wins this week. They both stay in the same spot in the standing. At number 10, Sydney. They only need one more win to make the playoffs. And they play winless West Carrollton, one and five Fairborn, and two and three Dayton Stebbins in the next three games. Ooh, that's not a lot of points. No, but I'm feeling good they can get at least one win out of that. Yeah. So I'm liking Sydney's chances for the playoffs here. And Lima Senior, as we predicted a while ago, they keep losing by a lot of points as their schedule got really tough. They're probably going to lose their next two games by a lot, and then they're going to need to pull an upset in one of their final two games when they play one and five Toledo St. Francis de Sales or two and four Finley. And we just talked about Finley with their big win this week in the scores of the week. Mm-hmm. 
So they'll need to win one of those to have a shot at the playoffs. In Division Three, Region 10, Defiance currently number seven in the rankings with their four and two record. And that's about three more wins than I was thinking they were going to have. They're having a great season this year compared to what they've done recently. They beat four and two Elida last week, 31 to 14. So they seem to just be keep getting better week by week. And they moved up four spots in the standings. They are probably in the postseason already. If they beat Lima Bath this week, I'd say they're almost definitely in the postseason. A good year for Defiance so far. Must be a pretty um, mobile region if you can be number seven with a 4-2 record and not be locked in yet. Well, we're in the higher divisions. It usually takes a little more up there to get in, but I would say you are right in that assessment. Moving over to Region 11 in Division 3, where we follow Bell Fountain. Oh, we have an update here. Ooh. They are now playoff bound. Of course, they are five and one instead of four and two, right? And yet number nine. And number nine, they're lower in the standings, but they are in, in their region. They squeaked out a three-point win over three and three Tecumseh this week. And that's just enough to make them our newest team headed towards the playoffs. And we'll wrap up division three with region 12. We'll start with number four. Five and one Tippecanoe, they suffered their first loss of the season and dropped two spots in the standings. They will need one more win if they want to be in the top eight and host their initial playoff game. Of course, they play two one and five teams to end the season. So that one win seems pretty likely. It does seem doable. Yeah. Just behind them in number six in the standings, we have five and one Wapakoneta. They beat one and five Kenton this week and... Well, they didn't go much of anywhere because they beat one and five Kenton. Nothing against Kent, more against the one and five. Right. Uh, just behind them at number 10, Salina, another team making a good run this year compared to recent seasons. They are four and two right now. They need one more win to get in the playoffs. They are actually, according to Drew Pasteur, at least a four point underdog against one and five Ottawa Glandorf. Now, for some reason, that computer has loved Ottawa Glandorf all year, even though they keep losing. So I'm not sure exactly what's up with that. But it will be good for Slina to get this win because afterwards they finish against four and two Defiance, five and one Wapakoneta, and four and two St. Mary's. Getting a little closer to the bubble, we have three and three Vandalia Butler at number 15. They pulled a slight upset this, this week, defeating two and three Stebbins. Odds are if they get a win next week over one and five Greenville, that'll put them close, but not quite into the playoffs yet. They need to also beat one other team. Unfortunately, the three teams they play then are six and Ozenia, five and one Piqua, and four and two Troy. Mm, yeah, that's a rough pick. Sure is. Now they, they do have a shot that things could just, everyone else could w- lose and things could just break l- right, that they don't need to win one of those last three, but the odds are they're going to. And finally, we have Elida. They are 4-2, and two, number 16. They were just undefeated 4-0 oh two weeks ago. They might slip into the playoffs if they can get one more win, and their best chance is the last week of the season against 1-5 Lima Shawnee. They might also need one more win. And they have a similar problem. Their other three games are against 5-1 Wapakoneta, 4-2 St. Mary's, and 5-1 Van Wert. So that could be tough for Elida to get in. Division 4. Starting with the northwest corner of the state, Region 14. At number 4, 
Five and one Van Wertz. Final opponents have a combined record of only six and 18. Hmm. So that's good news for Van Wert getting some wins. However, even if they win all those games, they may not stay in the top four in the standings. Just not enough points there. At number eight, four and two St. Mary's has a similar situation. The Rough Riders' final four opponents have a combined record of eight and 16. So St. Mary's may need to win all four games just to stay in the top eight and host their initial playoff game. Moving down the list here, you'll see the, we follow one, two, three, four. We follow eight teams in this region. The top six of them all got wins this week. So a good Mm. week for region 14 for the teams we follow here. At number 11, Wasion may have done enough to get in the playoffs already. We can't guarantee it yet, but I think things will play out where the four wins they have should get them into the playoffs. Okay. That might be a good thing because their last four opponents have a combined record of 16 and eight. Their next two games are against four and two Patrick Henry and four and two Delta. And that's probably two of their easiest ones. So <laughs> tough schedule coming up yeah. for Wasion. <laughs> good luck to Wasion. Yeah. Down at number 14, Brian won in a slight upset over four and two Patrick Henry but they need at least one more win to grab that playoff spot. They're not too likely to get it this week as they play undefeated Liberty Center. However, the two weeks afterwards, they have games against two and four Evergreen and one and five Swan, so better opportunities await. Oh, and looking down a little farther at number 15, Napoleon, Ohio, where we spend a little bit of our time. They may sneak into the playoffs if they can get a win over one and five Holland Springfield this week. I have a feeling they're losing weeks eight and nine. So if they lose this week's game, they better get a win against two and four Bowling Green in week 10. And we'll mention one more team here. Finally, at number 17, we have two and four Ben Logan. They are big underdogs the next two weeks. To get in the playoffs, they need an upset in one of those two games. Or if they win their final two games against two and four Graham and one and five Springfield Northeastern, they might snatch one of the final spots in the standings. Seems like it'll be an interesting time in the next couple of weeks for our bottom three teams there. And I think that's going to be repeated in many regions here. Yeah, you did mention that it's going to be a lot of fights to get in. And a lot of teams with the 16 teams in the playoffs most of these teams fighting to get in are going to have losing records, which means they're more likely to lose than to win their games along the way. So one upset is all it takes to upset the whole apple cart here. I was just trying to think if I enjoy upset apple carts. No. Not, not literally, but kind of figuratively. <laughs> yeah, literally all your apples get bruised. And that's yeah. not good. No, that's not. It's only good for applesauce. Although if you right. Where an apple gets bruised, not too long afterwards, you get this little brown sugary section that always mm-hmm. kind of like. turns to mush. Yeah, it's not good much later, but right afterwards, not bad. <laughs> Moving on to region 16, don't you think? <laughs> sure. At number six, four and two Urbana is now playoff bound. Ooh. And as we'll see later, the fact that they keep winning is making life a whole lot easier for Fort Recovery down in region 28. Oh, did they beat Urbana one time? Yes, they did. Gotcha. And they are living on that win, believe me. Oh, I bet. (laughs) They are living on it. (laughs) Urbana gets in the playoffs thanks to beating Graham 42-7 to this week. They were only favored by two points in that game, so that's a pretty good beating of the spread, so to speak. Urbana's hot right now. 
hot team. They're also favored big in their next three weeks, which should see them get up to the top eight where they get a home playoff game, I would think. Now, what's good for one team's bad for another, of course. Graham drops to two and four. They only fall one spot in the standings from 11 down to number 12. But to stay in the top 16, it looks like they're going to need three more wins on their schedule. They're favored big in two of their games. They're a big underdog in a third game. So that leaves that other game, and they are basically a toss-up. And if it comes to that, we'll be highlighting that one in week nine, if I remember. (laughs) Yeah, that math checks out. I'm going by memory here. It's like, (laughs) And finally, Tip City Bethel at number 20 right now. I thought we might be writing them off after this week, but they stayed alive with a 24-15 win over Sidney Lehman. Problem is, if they want to stay alive another week, they probably need to beat 4-1 Dayton Northridge this week. So life just gets more difficult for Tip City Bethel. By the way, I'm having to do this without seeing Rebecca this week. Computer failures everywhere, huh, Rebecca? This is what I get for using the USB splitter that I think you gave me as an extra. I, I certainly didn't buy it, so it's probably not the newest thing in the world. Before the picture went out, though, I did notice that Oktoberfest hat sitting on your desk, just getting ready for the weekend, huh? Mm -hmm. It's been back there since I moved in. It's ready to go up to Minster this weekend. I hear there's a new booth that I might need to check out. Ooh, what's that? It just says noodles, which is intriguing to me. And then I read the description, and it's the most Midwest Ohio noodles dish you would ever imagine. It's chicken and noodles on top of mashed potatoes. Ooh. And I, being a Midwest Ohio lady, love me all those carbs. So, Put a little corn with that. You get some more carbs and it'd be like one of those KFC bowls, you know? Get a tenderloin and like dip it in and scoop it out. Mm. (laughs) This is heart attack city, but boy, it sounds so good. That's okay. If you just wash it down with some beer, that clears everything out. (laughs) And they um, expanded the... The beer tent area, so it now goes all the way across the grass. They moved all the crafts onto the side streets. Yes, that was always one of my favorite tents, is the one behind the gazebo there near the crafts. So have to see if that's still a happening place this year. Maybe that's where we'll watch the UC Tulsa game on Saturday night. Maybe, maybe. And then after we finish the game, head on over to the entertainment tent, where hopefully Karma's Pawn is playing. Well, I believe that'll be Friday night. Oh, they are a better Friday night show. That'll be good. (laughs) Yes, Friday at 8 p.m. There you go. And nothing like Rebecca to have the schedule sitting out right in front of her. I just opened Facebook and it was the very first thing that I saw was the Karma's Pond show. Well, I think it's time to move on to Division 5 now. (laughs) With all these teams to talk about, I need a break once in a while. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Division 5, Region 18. Now, as we hit the smaller divisions, if you remember, right, we had teams qualify for the playoffs earlier in the smaller divisions. It's because the farther you go down, as I like to say, the uh, opportunities for winning records go down. The the smallest division, you can only play teams bigger than you are. Mm -hmm. The biggest division, you can only play teams your size and smaller. And in between is, you know, in between, of course. But in these smaller divisions, we had teams make qualify for the playoffs earlier. Now we're not getting so many new qualifiers, but we're starting to get more teams down on the bottom end, the ones we are eliminating from postseason consideration. And we're getting a little more red in our schedule. 
Yes, we are. And one of them occurs in this region. Swanton will be joining Spencerville and Indian Lake as teams that are, how shall we say, on the outs right now. On the outs. Back to the top. Liberty Center, undefeated, ranked number one at the moment. They are a big favorite to win out their remaining games and, of course, then stay as the number one seed when the playoffs begin. Also undefeated, we have Coldwater. They are now number three in the rankings, which means they dropped one this week. They need two more wins to make sure they host their first round playoff game. And three wins would probably give them a chance to host their first two playoff games. Now, Coldwater's a big favorite at two and four Delphi St. John's this week, but then they run into the proverbial Mac gauntlet as they face five and one New Bremen, four and two Versailles, and six and oh Marion Local to end the season. Moving down to number five, we have five and one Archbold. They moved up four spots with their win over four and two Delta this week. And they're also a big favorite to win out. But even when they win their final games, they probably still won't move up from that fifth spot. Expect them to stay out of the top four. Seems like a hard top four to crack. It is in this region, that's for sure. Now, that loss that Archbold inflicted on Delta cost them three spots down to number nine in the rankings. Still sitting pretty okay. Not too bad. They still need one or two more wins to get into the playoffs for sure. They are a big favorite against one and five Swanton this week, but then they're underdogs the rest of the way. So they either need an upset or get that win over Swanton and hope things work out. Nothing like a little week 10 scoreboard watching, huh, Rebecca? <laughs> Certainly keeps you on your toes. <clears throat> or in this case, it would probably be like Twitter watching or something like that. Or 10 people walking up to you at a football game asking what they need to score to get into the finals. Or over in this section, yeah, that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> or over in this section of the state, the way these days to do it is you get on the WOSN app and they have lots and lots of scores there. You just hope they update them fast enough. But back to our standings, we have Tenora, four and two at number 12. I calculate they need two more wins, but they are favored in all four of their games. Oh, good. Especially. In two weeks when they play one and five Paulding, and in the final week of the season when they play winless Hicksville. So Tenora looks good for the playoffs. At number 15, Liberty Benton, also four and two, also needs two more wins, but they are a five touchdown favorite in two of their remaining games. So oh. I feel good they're going to get those two wins. <laughs> yeah. Their other two games should be close games, so they might get more than just the two also. Five touchdown favorite is hard to overcome. Yes, it is. That just screams running clock, doesn't it? It really does. And we'll wrap up this region with number eight, Bluffton, who's also four and two. That tells you something about this region. Four and two, and you're only 18th right now. Mm -hmm. They had a big 17 to 14 win against three and three Convoy Crestview last week. As is becoming a theme here, they also need two more wins. They are a 13-point underdog this week against 3-3 three and three Lipsick, and that's one of their two most winnable games left. So this is going to be a big week for Bluffton. Uphill battle, it sounds like. Yes, it does. And I believe that is as much a function of the region as anything else. Mm. Tough, tough region. Tough region. Moving down to Region 20. We have no changes in playoff status here. Huh. Milton Union. 
still favored to host a game in the playoffs. They are 6-0. and They dropped three spots after beating winless Miami East last week. Now, they're supposed to play Covington this week, who's 1-4, and but Covington just canceled the game. So they had a quick scramble, and they rescheduled to play Cincinnati Doan Community School. That's a new one for me. It doesn't count in the computer points. I don't quite understand what the Doan Community School is exactly, but apparently it's not enough of one that they count. And that's something considering some of the out-of-state and out-of-country teams that do count. They must not. They must. uh, I don't know what's going on there. They don't count anymore. And they used to in years past. Now, Milton Union probably comes out ahead on the deal. They probably weren't going to gain much from beating one and four Covington. Getting what's considered an open week in the computer points might raise their average better than if they'd have won that game. So, Doan Community High School is right down the street from UC Main Campus. That tells you a little bit about what they're dealing with. Yeah, all those college kids running around. It's, it's on 71. Oh, right against 71? Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. Not a lot of space for a football field right there, I'd have to say. So you would think there's a good shot they play on someone else's field if they ever play a home game, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a charter school. Ah, oh, that might be it. Jamestown Greenview, five and one, number six in the standings. They are a three to seven touchdown favorite in their remaining four games. Oof. And I'm projecting they should at least be able to host one playoff game. Not sure if they'll get to the top four to host two, but definitely one. Not far behind them at number nine, we have Preble Shawnee four and one. They are short a game, you'll notice. They were canceled by Covington last week. Not good times in Covington. No. But Preble Shawnee, a big favorite in three of their final four games. Plus, they play a tough week nine game against Ansonia. If they want to host a playoff game, they might have to beat Ansonia in that week nine game as well as the other three. All right, let's move down to Division Six. Region 22, we followed nine teams in this region. Two of them won this week, Rebecca. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not a good week. The only playoff status update in this region is Sherwood Fairwood joined Paulding and Hicksville on our out of contention list. We have number six, Columbus Grove at four and two. Mm-hmm. Already in the playoffs. Three more wins should earn them a home playoff game. Good news for them. They are three touchdown or more favorites in all four of their final games. <laughs> so good shot to get that home playoff game for Columbus Grove. And that's the good news for the region. That's the good news. <laughs> Almost all of it, yes. <laughs> at number 11, four and two, Patrick Henry took a loss this week. They could actually squeeze into the playoffs if they lose their final four games. Their opponents in those final four games have a combined record of 19 and five. So there's a chance they could lose their final four. So Patrick Henry, four tough games ahead, win one and they're in, lose them all. Yeah, they may have a shot anyway. We shall see. At number 13, four and two, Mount Blanchard, Riverdale. They also may have done enough to made to reach the blah, 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 boom, boom. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be a fun one to edit. <laughs> or I'll just leave it in for once. I don't know. Sure. Mom would love that. <laughs> <laughs> they may also have done enough to reach the playoffs, which is 
fortunate for them since they lost 61 to 7 to Macomb last week. Oh boy. They are not Oh, that's on, not a fun game to watch. They are not on the upswing right now. Oh no. Now remember, Macomb is five and one, and their one loss was to Marion Locals. So that's nothing to sneeze very, at. Here. Very good team, yeah, but still. It looks like we won't go into details, but it's possible that more such results may follow in the next three weeks. And if they survive that, Riverdale does get a game against one and five Arcadia to end the season. If they lose them all, again, they might squeeze in the playoffs, but they may just have to win that last week to get in. We move down to number 16. Evergreen is two and four. They are a big underdog their next three weeks. Before finishing against one and five Swanton, the problem is Evergreen needs an upset win in one of those other three games first before that Swanton game will mean anything. Mm. And at number 17, checking in just on the wrong side of the bubble at the moment, we have two and four Wayne Trace, but they got there because they were our other winning team this week. This coming week, they play six and oh Antwerp. So you would think there's a good shot they may not get the win this week. If so, they may need to win their final three games. And one of those games is against 5-1 and one Defiance Ayersville. Times are tough for Wayne Trace, it looks like. Similarly, number 20, Van Buren is 1-5. They need three wins. Mm-hmm. One of them has to be against either 4-2 and two Pandora Gilboa this week or against 6-0 and oh Arlington in week nine. Tough road to hoe there for Van. I want to say that line again. Tough road to hoe. <laughs> is that Tough the... road to hoe is an actual saying. I think it is. Oh boy, that that needs a Google. How would you how would you hoe a road? You know, it's all beaten down. You I mean, it it makes sense. <laughs> I just thought for sure that was a trip up. <laughs> Tough road to hoe. It's supposed to be a road to hoe. Like a row in a field. Oh, gotcha. Road. That's a tough row to hoe. Okay. I haven't done any hoeing since I was about 10 years old and my father made me do it. Yeah, it's been a while for me too. Usually whenever we go out and grandma and grandpa need someone to clear their gardens. That's a new one for me. Yeah, there we go. Staying in Division 6, moving on to Region 23. West Jefferson, now 3-3, three and three, dropped five spots after losing to 6-0 and Springfield Northeastern. They could make the playoffs with just those three wins, but a win in one of their next three games would, would lock it up good, and they are favored by two touchdowns in each of those three games. So West Jefferson, down to 12, but still looking pretty good in my opinion. All right, good to know. And we move on to Region 24, where... Came close, but Marion Local's still just a little short of doubling up everybody else in the region. <laughs> just a little short. Just a little bit short. Oh, my goodness gracious. But I believe they are almost exactly now six times as many computer points as the 16th ranked team. Oh, Marion Local, you monster. <laughs> so just for the fun of it, I found one more Marion Local stat here, or maybe even two, depending on how you count it. Uh, they are pretty much locked into being number one in this region. The, uh, if you follow Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 website, he has a list of the top performances by teams on the season. 
And in among Division Six teams, he has a top 10 list of the best performances and how well a team does compared to what the computer predicts that they will do. All six of Marion Local's games are on that top 10 list. So not only are they winning everything, they're winning it better than the computer thought they should have by quite a bit. Should I make my state championship prediction now, Rebecca? <laughs> you could probably be a little safe in that, yeah. I don't know if they'll win it, but it's fairly safe to say it's what I'm going to predict when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. Moving Boy, on. it's hard to argue against those stats. <laughs> uh, you never know what will happen the rest of the year, but they're looking awfully good right now. Okay, forget the Flyers. We're out. We're on to the rest of the region. Well, I guess we come back to Marion Local at number three, four and two for sales. Lost to Marion Local last week. It dropped them one position in the standings, all the way from two to three, but still kept them ahead of three five and one teams who won last week. Number four, Allen East, number six, Tri Village, and number seven, National Trail. Versailles is almost guaranteed home field advantage for their first playoff game, but they likely need to win all their final four games to hold on to a spot in the top four in the standings. And that includes a game against 6-0 Coldwater along the way. Expect for sales to play one game at whole field. It's going to be tough for them to get a second one. Allen East at number four right now. They are probably good for a home playoff game. They need two wins to clinch that. They are good-sized favorites in their final four games, though. And you could say the same thing for Tri-Village at number six. So winning out, you get both those teams at least one and probably two home playoff games, which is why Versailles has trouble getting up to that top four spot. Mm-hmm. National Trail number seven needs two wins to host their first round game in the playoffs. They have a little tougher schedule. They are favored at only two games, so they need to win those two if they want to host their first round playoff game or pull an upset in one of the other two of them. Two and four Parkway remains number 12 in the standings after losing big to Coldwater last week. Mostly thanks to the fact that they earlier this season had a win against now four and two Pioneer North Central. So the second level points keep rolling in from that early victory. They sure do. Parkway still needs one more win to make it onto the bubble and two wins to make sure they get into the playoffs. The schedule provides them with many such opportunities. They host four and two Minster this week, and then they finish against three, two and four teams, Fort Recovery, Delphi St. John's and Anna. Chances to either win them all or win none. You never know with that kind of a schedule. Now heading down to the wrong side of the bubble, number 17, (laughs) Twin Valley South at two and four. They need two more wins to get into the postseason. They are favored in three of their last four games. So don't be surprised to see Twin Valley South move up into the top 16 before all said and done. Number 18, Arcanum also needs two more wins, but they're really big underdogs in three of their final four games. So it's going to be a lot harder for Arcanum to crack the top 16. And at number 19, we have two and four Anna. They took a nasty loss to Delphi St. John's last week. Kind of surprised me. They still need two more wins. They play four and two for sales and undefeated Marion Local their next two weeks. So those don't look so hot for getting their wins. But then they face two and four Fort Recovery and two and four Parkway to close out the schedule. Anna has a need of wins in week nine and week 10, most likely to make the playoffs. And guess what, Rebecca? It's time for our favorite region. (laughs) The big boy. It's region 26 in division seven. 
we have a nice batch of teams that are in the playoffs, a nice batch who are out of contention, and we have another nice batch in the middle who are still fighting. So we have to mention all kinds of people this week. You know, it kind of looks like an Italian flag on my screen here. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If you consider the uh, the white between the black letters in the middle, we have green on the top, white in the middle, and red at the bottom. Yeah. It looks kind of nice. Yeah. Almost even sections, too. We've got a good distribution. And looking at that distribution, we are going to start at the bottom again. Get the negative waves out of the way early. <laughs> As we have Arcadia and North Baltimore joining Lima Perry, Corey Rawson, and Van Lu on our out list. On the positive side of things, number seven, Edgerton. They join the list of playoff-bound teams. And that list includes number one, Waynesfield, Goshen, number two, Macomb, number three, Defiance Ayersville, number four, Antwerp, number six, Arlington, and number eight, Pandora, Gilboa. <sighs> All right. That's seven <laughs> teams we follow already locked into the playoffs in this region, Rebecca. I mean, we picked a good number to follow if we got seven of the top eight. Well, there it's that whole region is basically right here in West Central. Yeah, that's true. We, we follow basically everyone in the region. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Edgerton, though. They're going to need to pull a large upset in one of their final two games if they want to host a playoff game. But for now, they're in the postseason, and that's, I'm sure, what really counts to them. Expect number one, Waynesfield Goshen, to win out their final four games. And they will then probably host their first two playoff games. Number two, Macomb should also get to host two playoff games. And they only need to win three of their final four games to do so. And I expect them to win at least those three. At number three, five and one Ayersville. If they want to host a first round playoff game, they probably need two more wins. If they want to host two playoff games, they need three more wins. And this week they travel to play four and two Tenora, it's probably their toughest matchup the rest of the way of the season. So I think they have a good shot at getting at least the two wins to host their first round playoff game. I'd say three is even fairly likely. And look at this. At number four, we have an undefeated team, Antwerp. If they want to do the old double playoff hosting thing, they need to win three of their final four games. And I expect that to happen. If they can beat 5-1 and one Ayersville in Week 9, they have a great chance at an undefeated regular season. Always something to be proud of. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch for sure. We have another undefeated team at number 6, Arlington. Of course we do. I, they're everywhere, right? <laughs> My guess is they are less likely to remain undefeated after they play 5-1 and one Macomb this week. If they do lose that, they would then need to win two of their final three if they want to host a first-round playoff game. And we're going to scroll down the list here now. At number eight, Pandora Gilboa, currently four and two. They need to win three of their final four games if they want to host their first postseason contest. And just as a coincidence, they are heavy favorites in exactly three of their final four games. So look for Pandora Gilboa to end up in the final eight in this region. At number nine, Lima Central Catholic actually moved up six spots this week, and that's quite the gain this late in the season. Most teams don't move that far in the standings week to week anymore. They defeated four and two Hopewell Loudon. They need one more win to secure themselves a playoff spot. They have a very good chance in week nine. They play a school from Canada, St. Andrews College, and they are a huge favorite. Now, just Keep an eye on this. The Ohio High School Athletic Association has actually been checking out some of these Canadian teams this year. 
And they've decided that a couple of them do not count in the computer points because they found out there was no actual school associated with the football team. Next year, the ruling has come down. No Canadian schools will count the computer points. Dang. And I just looked this up the other day and I forgot it now. I, I think actually, that was a, a pretty strong strategy for our um, Marion local cold water teams for a while. Get the Canadian teams to play them since nobody in the area would. Not just them, many others. And you could still play them. They just won't count the computer points. Less of a big deal now with 16 teams making the playoffs. True. Very true. But I found the file hidden on my hard drive from a proposal I made to the Ohio High School Athletic Association 14 years ago, something (laughs) like that, describing why they should not count any Canadian football teams in the computer points. Actually, Joe Idle worked with me on it. We sent it in together and they ignored Joe at the time too. I understand them ignoring me, but they ignored Joe. (laughs) But I guess you could just say they were taking their time thinking about it. And now it'll finally be put into effect. Needed to simmer for 15 years. By the way, if they if LCC doesn't get that Canadian game, they have three other games on their schedule that are all supposed to be close. I think we'll see LCC in the playoffs. Moving down to number 12, Harden Northern needs two more wins to make the playoffs. They are an underdog to four and two Upper Soto Valley this week, but big favorite the following two games. So they're feeling pretty good about their playoff hopes right now. At number 14, Convoy Crestview. If they get two more wins, they just might sneak in if like a 15 or a 16 seed into the playoffs. And they are big favorites in two of their final four games. They are big underdogs in the other two games. So look to see Convoy Crestview right down there, maybe just barely on the positive side of the bubble when the season ends. This region wears me out, Rebecca. It really does. It's a it's a long one. But but they all have stuff that matters going on. They all have stuff that matters. Every team matters, but these really all have stuff that matters. At number 16, we're exactly on the bubble now. Delphus Jefferson needs two more wins. They are underdogs the next two weeks. So two weeks from now, we'll take a look at them again, see how many wins they still need, see if they're favored or not in those last two games. But as of right now, it looks like they're going to be sweating it out right till the end. At number 17, Delphi St. John's. They were 22 last week. They moved up five spots with a 41 to 13 win over two and four Anna. Mm, Again, as I said earlier, it wasn't that they won that surprised me. It was the 41 to 13 part. Yeah, that's pretty solid, especially for a number 17 team. Yes. As is getting to be a theme here, the Blue Jays also likely need two more wins to reach Mm -hmm. the playoffs. They're going to have trouble getting one of them when they play undefeated Coldwater this week. Yeah. Their game the next week against 4-2 and Minster may be kind of a do-or-die game. They may need to win that if they want to reach the playoffs. Just below them, at number 18, we have 4-2 and Upper Soto Valley. Ooh. You have to feel bad. You're four and two, and you're a spot behind the two and four team. Yeah. Upper Soto Valley, however, is a favorite in their final four games. That would make them eight and two. You'd have to like their chances to make the playoffs at eight and two, wouldn't you? You would think so. Uh, it looks like if they can get to six and four, they're a shoe in. So at eight and two, we really like their chances. Moving down to number 19, Lipsick, three and three. Had a bit of an upset loss last week. They are a favorite in three of their four final games. 
They only need to win two of them. So look for Lipsick to move up from 19 up into the top 16 before we're finished with the season. And finally, we have number 20, Ridgemont. Currently three and three. They need three more wins. They are favored against winless Lima Perry this week, but then they are a big underdog in their final three games. So going to take some upsets for Ridgemont to see the playoff. You know, I always get a sense of accomplishment when we finally work our way all the way through Region 26, Rebecca. We did it. <laughs> we still have Region 28 left, which is not a not a small one. No, it's not. But we we peaked, we climbed the mountain, and we're downhill now. I'm feeling like that, you know, at the end of a door of the Explorer episode. We did it. We did it. You <laughs> <laughs> still got a region and division and eight-man football to get through. Don't go celebrating too quickly. Okay, so we haven't done it yet. All right. Region 28, as Rebecca says. First of all, welcome to the party. Number 10, Fort Recovery. Now they are playoff bound. Although kind of bittersweet. Normally that happens after you get a nice win, you were all in the playoffs. They lost, I forget who they lost to. Coldwater sounds right, but they lost pretty big last week. But every time Urbana wins, Fort Recovery moves up in the standings. And this week it was enough to move them into the playoffs. So way to go, Urbana. Fort Recovery loves you. Now looking at our other teams who are already locked into the playoffs, we'll start with number two, and Sonia, they only lost one game this year. It was by one point two weeks ago. Expect them to easily win their final four games and claim the number one seed in this region. They could potentially drop to number two if Springfield Central Catholic goes undefeated. I don't expect that, but it is possible. At number three, we have five and one New Bremen. They need two more wins to host a playoff game. Three wins might get them to be able to host two postseason games. Uh, the Cardinals are favored in all of their final four games, except this week they go to visit Coldwater. So Understandable. Now you're going to see that a lot here. A whole lot of these teams look like if they can just win some close game, they're going to get into the top four and host two playoff games. Unfortunately, we can't have eight teams get into the top four. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's, it's going to get a little confused around that four through seven area in this region before we're done with the season, I think. So speaking of which, we're moving on to number four, Mechanicsburg. They're five and one right now. They're an underdog playing undefeated Springfield Northeastern this week. If they win their other three games, they should get two home playoff games. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Fort Laramie, currently ranked number five, moved up three spots this week. Nice win over Eden, who uh, defeated them last year. So a little vengeance for Fort Laramie, I guess. huh? They already look good for hosting one home playoff game. But if they can win one of their final two games against 3-3 three and three Lucas or 3-3 three and three Lima Central Catholic, suddenly hosting two playoff games looks likely for Fort Laramie also. Shocking. It's shocking, isn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Number six, 4-2 DeGraff Riverside. They are big favorites to win all four of their final games. You know, if they do that, they look really good for hosting two playoff games, Rebecca, unless some of these other teams pull off these wins and pass them up. Do they now? <laughs> I'm so glad for them. At number seven, we have four and two Minster. Do they have odds of hosting the two playoff games? Well, they are favored to win their next two games. 
And if they do, they should end up about number eight or number nine where they could host one playoff game. Maybe, you know, right on the borderline there. You never know. Okay. Now, if they can win those two and pull an upset against either five and one New Bremen or four and two Versailles, suddenly they look like they might finish right on the border of the line that you need to be at in order to host two playoff games. They'd probably fall just a little short, finish fifth or sixth, but they'd be right there in the hunt. So you can see that's where the action is in this region, right? Who gets to be in the final, in the top four and host two playoff games. Mm -hmm. And hopefully then they don't lose their first round playoff game and miss the opportunity to host that second one. That would be a bummer. Yeah. Moving down to number nine, three and three South Charleston Southeastern also in the playoffs already. If they win their final four games, they might break into the top eight. That's something, isn't three and three in their number nine, but they need to go seven and three if they want to reach the top eight. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> it's certainly a challenge. <laughs> now we're heading down to the bottom half where things are, <laughs> where things are, <laughs> where things just are. How about that? <laughs> where things are. Start with Cedarville. They're two and three at number 13. Those two wins might be enough to get them into the playoffs. Good news for them. They are underdogs in their next three games. Have a better shot in that week 10 game, but we'll worry about that in week 10, I think. I think that's a good strategy. At number 15, we have two and four Sydney Lehman. If they get one more win, they'll end up right on the bubble. And or if Covington cancels their week eight game, the extra points from that might get them right on the bubble too. I'm not sure. It's a little, little iffier. Either way, they might need a win in week nine over one and five Troy Christian if they want to be safely in the playoffs. Hey, speaking of Troy Christian, they're number 16 right now, Rebecca. Hey, on the bubble. On the what bubble. What are their odds of staying there? They need two more wins if they want to be safely in the playoffs. They play winless Miami East this week. That sounds like a good opportunity for win number one, right? It sure does. But then they're probably their best hope is that game against Sydney Lehman in week nine. So I feel that might be a game of winning you're in, losing you're out playoff wise. By the way, also at number 16, one and five St. Henry is tied with Troy Christian. Unlike Fort Recovery, they're getting no help. Their win is against Covington, who keeps canceling games. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's the worst amount of second level points. They should sneak into the playoffs. If they can win a second game, the problem is their next three games are against New Bremen, Versailles, and Marion Lopa. Oh boy. So the big game for St. Henry is probably week 10. They face two and four Fort Recovery. And we will wrap up this region with number 19, Miss Cinnamon Valley is one and five. They will probably be joining our out of contention list soon. You could probably say the same for number 19, Tri-County North. Though they have a chance, if they can finish with wins over Mississippi Valley and two and four Twin Valley South, they just might sneak into the playoffs yet. Wow, I think Division 7 takes us half an hour, Rebecca. That is just something. Uh, yeah. That leaves our eight-man football. As we said earlier, big win this week by Holgate when they defeated the Tri-State Kings Crusaders. It moves them up to number two in the standings. They have 4.28 computer points just behind Toledo Christian, who's Number one at four and one with 5.26 computer points. So the gap is closing there. Striker, third place, also with a four and one record. Those look like our three contenders for our eight man football state title this year, Rebecca. The other teams are all one and three or worse. So good to know. 
The big game this week, striker plays Holgate. Loser ends up number three, winner is two, or has a shot at number one. So that wraps it up finally. That's everyone we need to talk about this week, Rebecca. We made it. I think we can trim that list a little each week as we go on. Let's hope so, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if I've got time for an hour and a half recording every week. <laughs> Especially next week after Oktoberfest. I tell you. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle, that's for sure. Yep. Just a quick reminder before we, before we leave you here, please subscribe to our podcast if you listen to it. And if you have any comments or, or questions, what do you do, Rebecca? You can send those to us at bdmonin at nktelco.net or tweet them at on Twitter at Bruce Monin. Or we'll submit more polls and get engagement by force because people like taking quizzes. That is true. So sorry if this is slightly long. We'll try to cut it down next week. But to see whether we do or not, you'll have to listen again next week here on Bruce Monin's <laughs> Computer Points. I fly, fly. Ziggy-tugga, ziggy-tugga. Oi, oi, oi. Ziggy-tugga, ziggy-tugga. Oi, oi, oi.